Welcome to Quality Perks, the podcast that not only delves into the intricacies of contact center quality management, but also uncovers the personal stories of industry leaders. Brought to you by BPA Quality, your trusted partner in enhancing customer experiences. And good morning. We are live. Morning, morning, everybody. We have our guest with us with Greg Stone from Verant. As everybody know, I am Karen Dupree. I'm a quality solutions director here at BPA Quality. Got Neil as well. Good morning. Actually, good morning, everybody. So welcome. Yes, thanks to another episode of Quality Perks. Greg, if you would, before we get into our typical coffee part of the show <laughs> could, could you introduce yourself to us tell us a little bit sure. about you and we learned a little bit uh before the show about your sporting allegiances uh so we don't need to to cover that um but maybe uh introduce yourself tell us a little bit about yourself yeah that could take the whole show um for that <laughs> for that for that back and forth um yeah my name is greg stone and i am an account executive at verant and focused on customer engagement solutions. And um, I live just outside of Boston, Massachusetts on this beautiful sunny day. I've been with um, Verant for just over four years and enjoy the fact that I get to collaborate with a set of of iconic brands in this geography um, and help with what is a, a very strategic topic these days in um, ensuring that um, ensuring that brands are focused on customer engagement and 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 the customer experience. Awesome. Well, thanks for uh, for joining us. Absolutely. Karen, walk us through the brew today. What are you <laughs> enjoying, and and what's the cup of choice? Well. Today, uh, I, Yvette Rinda, who works with us at BPA, she sent me some coffee, and I just absolutely love it. So I am drinking, it's called Amsterdam by Joe Coffee. Very nice. I, it, I thought got, I was the only one who got fan mail. You got fan mail too? I did. I did. Oh, that's Yvette's wonderful. <laughs> but this has notes of dark chocolate, walnut, and caramel, and I just have a a nice little pottery Beautiful. mug here. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. So it's very yummy. And thank you, Yvette. Um, I love it. And I have two other types as well that are delicious as well. She gets a uh, shout out. Absolutely. Yep. Greg, what do you have today? Hashtag Yvette. I'm, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm less of an aficionado, so I have my Nespresso sitting next to me. And I'm, I'm more of a basic coffee guy. You know, growing up in, in the Boston area, 
basic Dunkin' Donuts is how we grew up. So mm -hmm. um, not a not a Starbucks dark roast. I did. Um, so Neil, you're in you're in New York. Do they do they still have fresh direct delivery in New York? Uh, they might. I'm not so sure. Oh, it's, so when I lived there, they had this this service, Fresh Direct, and Fresh Direct had uh, on their on their uh, website the ability for you to pick and choose and blend your own coffees. Mm -hmm. um, they were they were a roaster, so they brought them in from all over the world. You could build your own blends. They'd grind it and um, customize it and ship it right to you. It was that was my dipping my toes in something other than Dunkin'. Right. So another um, kind of measuring stick for the show is how much coffee do you have during the course of the day? Now, I'll lead into that by saying that I drink coffee throughout the entire day. It's at least six to eight cups. It's just part, part of, of me. Well, how many cups do you have during the course of the day? For for me, I, Karen, Karen actually was working on her quota right there. I am... Um, I do two two cups in the morning, and then I move to tea. Okay, that's my standard yeah. system. Yeah, I'm Got only it. two, two tried, myself, and it's in the morning. System. So, do you so have got, creamer uh, or do you do dark? Oh yeah, uh, that's another question. Creamer or no creamer? I'm a I'm a creamer guy, but I did a couple of years ago move away from the sugar. But got to use the the uh, non fat half and half. To be honest, very nice. <laughs> if we're so getting I'm, if we're getting deep into it, I'm straight up black <laughs> coffee from Villain Coffee Company, so it's a local uh, local roaster here, um, just beachside, where uh, I've got a coffee truck set up and uh, some great coffee that I pick up from there. That's amazing. So yeah, so we've we've gone into five minutes of coffee talk, so that might uh, we're breaking records left and right. Let's get into the good stuff. So Greg, we've been. The three of us have been having some pretty good conversations lately about the, the engagement um, capacity gap. Um, I was hoping maybe you could walk us in the audience through what that is. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, um, you know, to start, the goal of, of all brands these days should be to ensure that they are capturing every customer interaction that occurs and they're using those to drive a competitive differentiator right at the highest level um i think that that you'll agree um today more than ever it's easy to do comparison shopping so so pricing is not a, a, a differentiator. There's leapfrogging of technologies. There's more generics and, and, um, and um, options in the marketplace. So today more than ever, right, brand loyalty becomes the key differentiator for an organization. Um, it's there's all sorts of stats around the cost to bring on a new customer versus retaining mm -hmm. a customer. Um, but, you know, with COVID, it exasperated the situation, driving more digital interactions, which, you know, you don't get, you don't get a, a shopper in brick and mortar. So they can click away pretty easily. So if you're, if you're, if, 
if you have digital failures, things like that, you're 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 losing the customer more easily than in the, in a retail environment. So actually, these days, um, measurements like customer satisfaction, net promoter score, um, are at a board level. Um, customer and, and employee attrition is another statistic that's at a board level. And a lot of companies are actually even compensating their executives around lo- the brand loyalty stats that we talked about, about uh, around attrition rates, because right now what we're seeing in the marketplace is that there is somewhere between 50 and 100% attrition rate for customer service agents. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to drive good service when you have under-trained, under-motivated, non-engaged employees. Um, so, so this is an interesting dynamic, right? What we just talked about was the fact that the customer experience is more critical than ever. And that capturing that data is more critical than ever. Yeah, Neil. So, so that that attrition rate. So, obviously, keeping you know your employees, your frontline employees, these are the folks that are most critical in the organization, or interacting with your customers to deliver that exceptional customer experience. What are some ways that that you've come across, you've heard about how how those companies are are retaining that staff in this? Yeah post-COVID kind of kind of world where, where folks can really jump ship uh, quite regularly. Um, what have you seen in the, in the marketplace? Yeah, there's, um, there's a few dynamics with the employees, and then we'll talk about some dynamics with the customers that are kind of coming together into this perfect storm. Um, but now what we're finding is that the, the employees require more flexibility in their scheduling and in their work-life balance. Their lives have shifted some with their, um, you know, child care, with their commitments and, and, and with their expectations. So I'll give you an example. You know, we, we, some of the technologies we sell is around the forecasting and scheduling of the the um, customer experience folks, the agents. And, um, you know, traditionally you would have a workforce management team that would identify ideal schedules as close to, a, um, you know, one shift, first shift, second shift, third shift, and kind of standard breaks and, and standard PTO type scheduling. And today the tools with their, AI and the automation um, and and all of the technology underlying allows us to offer tools that can allow the employees to build their own schedules. We can break the day into our time slots, let them pick and choose, and then give rules that that will allow for the um, for the for PTOs to be decided in an automated fashion, who who has the best ratings that gets prioritization over their peers to pick vacation time. When there's shift bidding, it can be done in a self-service manner. So so giving the employees the tools that will make them better at their job will give them the flexibility that they require in their schedule is now ante to the game or else they can jump ship and head down the street. Okay. 
So I would think, you know, one of the earlier statements you made is that the, you know, the, the, the contacts going into contact centers at these brands has just exploded. Right? There's way more interactions at these brands and, and it's still going up. So from, from your perspective, how, you know, what kind of data or how do, how do we go about mining that or paying attention to those calls and getting information out of it that we can, that we can use to drive a, a superior customer experience? Yeah, Neil, you're, you're right. The, um, and that's really where at the, at the core, the definition of the engagement capacity gap, it's the fact that the interactions are exponentially growing. Um, today, a lot of the uh, of the younger customers are looking for digital solutions. They're looking for self-service channels to do what they want when they want in their own in you know their own time frame. Um, not not just the ability to call into a brand and take care of a transaction uh, in a nine to five manner. So with the number of channels that are growing, like chat, like social media messaging, uh, along with the ability and desire for more interactions, there's just an, a huge volume that need to be addressed. And organizations, it's, it's not sustainable for a brand just to add more headcount to manage those, um, those, that increase in, in volume because um, when we talked about the competitive advantage and, and customer um, satisfaction or net promoter, um, the other side of that is leveraging technology that can support that high volume using AI and automation to um, streamline the process, automate the process, and require less headcount, uh, which means a lower cost to serve, which then again becomes another differentiator for, an, for a brand and competitive advantage in the marketplace. Yeah, I mean, you're so right. Users, uh, customers expect those brands to be where they're communicating, right? So whatever, whatever channel they use to communicate, they expect the brand to be there and to be able to answer their questions in, in, in that way. Um, yeah. And, and it's interesting. It's, it's true. And, and, and to that point, they're expecting consistency. They're, they're, first of all, to your point, their, their, their expectations have risen, but they also have those expectations of consistency across each of the channels and the data and knowledge to be predictive in in, in, in the next generation, right? So you should know why I'm calling, right? And yeah. a great example is, is the airlines, right? When a flight is delayed or canceled and you call into that, to that um, 800 number or you go onto their website uh, through, your, or through your app, they know, right? The first question is, are you looking to, uh, to rebook? Um, Within a retail environment, they should know your last purchases, and the and the odds are that you're looking for information regarding that purchase action, or maybe something that's associated to that person, uh, that purchase, a an upsell or whatnot. So, so how how do you support the expectations of your customers, the expectations of your employees? 
and use that information to drive the competitive advantage is, is gold, right? Um, and and there's, there's, really a, there's really an answer to that, um, that most companies are starting to figure out where we're communicating, you know, our thought leadership around this on a daily basis. You know, this is what I love about my job of bringing um, concepts of maturing technologies and bringing business value and differentiators to my customers. So, you know, the, the, the magic associated to this really is around ensuring that you're capturing the interactions and you're, and you're gleaning insights from those interactions. Um, that could be um, in, in a digital world, we have digital behavior analysis. What is somebody, somebody doing on your website when they maybe walk away from a purchase or, they've, or they leave a digital asset and they make a phone call to your, to your contact center, right? Because the contact center and a human interaction is your most expensive interaction. So understanding those digital failures where they're occurring and making that change to the operations is, is the magic so that you can increase your capture rate. Um, Post-interaction analysis of, of your calls um, and, then, and then aligning that to your survey information. So you're taking direct feedback and indirect feedback you're correlating that to understand root cause to, again, take that data, operationalize that data, and ensure that you're making the operational changes that are going to um, reduce those digital failures, reduce those costly interactions of the customer at the contact center. And, and when, you, when you do that, um, you're naturally increasing customer satisfaction um, and their brand affinity. Yeah, I, it, as we've been talking, it's, I, th I think you know, Karen and I and, and our colleagues were constantly seeing, and you can tell now more than ever, the difference between brands who get that and the ones who don't. And the ones who get that streamlined experience where they know why I'm calling or, or at least have an idea and have this predictive analysis and have, you know, have learned from my purchasing power and what I've done in the past and can engage me at that level, as opposed to somebody or, or a brand where I just call and it's another painful contact center moment where I'm having to explain all that. Right. You can, you can really tell the difference and that engagement capacity gap closes real quick for those organizations that are deploying that methodology. Cause that's where I'm going to shop. Because it's easy, right? Yeah. We, 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 we interact with organizations who are easy to interact with. And when they, when they get me, yeah, it's, it, 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 so you can really see um, now more than ever organizations do get that and, and those that don't. Yeah. And, and I'm going to say that my experiences, because I, I work with 25 or so of top brands in the, in the geography across a variety of different marketplaces. Um, and it comes down to, to the, to the culture at the top of the organization. So there's a lot of um, organizations that bring in technology. They try to make change and they don't have the support at the top level that allows for the change management to occur that ultimately reaps you the benefits that are required, right? Because 
any organization that's going to justify the investment in the technology has has committed to the to the board milestones of um, return on investment, right? And that only comes from the data being used mm-hmm. and the operational changes occurring, and it has to come from the top. So there's there's a there is a formula, and and to you know from our discussion, you you can hear you you can see that executive support utilizing the technology, and um and having change management um are are critical to to the success, um and and the future state of these organizations continuing to mature because ultimately where we're going is leveraging um, AI and natural language processing to start to significantly reduce the headcount uh, and and use technology to to do more complex um, resolution of interactions. Um, the only way to the only way that we can get there is to capture the data, to build repositories of information, um, to have intelligent knowledge management that get that that serves the data both for self-service and for the ai for the for the for the bots that are doing the work um and and there's and there's a roadmap for this for an organization so it's achievable for sure and and i agree your culture statement is spot on you you the top sets the tone and the culture and the experience they want their customers to have and then you back into that with the technology, not the other way around, right? You don't go, you know, this technology yep. is going to help us, you know, get us to the experience we want. No, we, we establish the experience we want and then we use that we want to achieve and we use the technology to get into it. So um, yeah. that's fantastic insight. Um, yeah. I think that, that, you know, if I would, if I'll, you know, leave you with, with, you know, highlights and, and keys to the, the success um, I think that the first thing organizations need to do is they need to break down the silos of data and there needs to be a better uh, unified data approach across the organization. You need to have consistency in, in your channels and how you capture and analyze data. You need to build out a center of excellence that has support at the top and the ability to actually affect change. And you need to ensure that there are metrics in place that you can measure and justify the the expenditures um, so that you can continually move up the maturity uh, spectrum towards what we talked about with predictive modeling and um, natural language processing and, and, and AI to support your, um, uh, you, you know, the human, the human effort and to reduce those costs. For sure. Well, Greg, thank you for the uh, the discussion today, the insights. Um, I always love getting lost in these conversations and figuring out ways that we can, we can save the world um, one customer <laughs> moment at a time. Uh, Absolutely. Leading up to millions of customer moments. So uh, right. great speaking with you again, Karen, as always. Uh, thank you Absolutely. everybody out there for uh, participating and watching the show. And uh, we will be back shortly. Um, with uh, continued guests and continued episodes. So thank you again for watching, Greg. Thank you, sir. Have a great rest of your day and a great weekend. Oh, thanks so much for the invite. Have a great weekend, everyone. Take care, everyone. Bye.